This is Film Club. You hear us. You know you hear us. We hope we don't interfere with your entertainment. Make sure your bathtubs are full and your pools are empty because we're about to take a deep dive into Diabolique. I know, I was going to say, it's rather fitting, this very serendipitous, that my first podcast that we're recording uh, in international <laughs> airwaves is the French film. So that's, that's kind of fun. Um, I don't know the quality of this. We'll just see how it goes. But it's so good to see you. I'm so glad my life is feeling <laughs> slightly normal again now that we're podcasting. Oh, good. <laughs> Let's just jump right on in. I'm going to go ahead and say major spoiler warning. Very much, as always, don't listen to this if you haven't seen the film. But this one in particular, I think there was another one that we did that I feel like we were like, don't watch this. I think it was The Sting. Or don't listen to this. <laughs> Please watch this movie. But this is one of the first she films. Do not watch this film. <laughs> this is one of the first films that had a like, don't tell your friends what happens. Please keep the secret. And it's something that Psycho did a couple years later as well. But yeah, so much better if you watch this film without any preconceived notions or anything that goes before. It's just a much better viewing experience. So um, I guess we can just go ahead and kind of break down our favorite moments and scenes. And I'm going to do like a breakdown of like all the suspense later. But I'm just so worried I'm not going to be able to do this justice with like everything that has ha been happening on my end. It's just such a good movie. And I love it so much and I'm just I'm like oh it's too good it's, I'm not gonna be able to express everything that I love about it but so we start off with the the opening credits and it's like I'm pretty sure it's like a pool background there's water so it's already setting the scene I think especially if you've seen the previously it adds another level of like ooh, intrigue of what's happening I am really interested we can maybe talk about this a little bit later how it was watching it a second time, knowing everything that happens. Because I feel like it was a very different viewing experience for me. Well, I'd kind of forgotten some of it. Okay. Um, But, like, I knew that he wasn't dead the whole time. So it was a lot less intense. Like, and I was, but I was still so scared. <laughs> Ooh, it's Sometimes. so good. Um, the opening line that's written in the credits is a painting is always somewhat moral when it deals with tragedy and conveys the horror of that which it depicts which is like kind of just goes over my head like there's a lot happening here but yeah I kind of it's setting the stage of like what is moral dealing with how we interpret grief and, and tragedy and working with like mortality but then also the horror of all of that encompassed so I'm excited to explore more of that we really get a clear depiction of who all these characters are. Um, and that's something that I really appreciate. It's something that was brought up when I was discussing um, Haunting of Hill House once, where the main character in the book is not a vehicle for the story to take place, where a lot of like horror films or books kind of create, like your main character really doesn't, isn't super well-rounded. Like it's just, like the vehicle for the audience to experience fear. But I feel like the characters in, uh, in Diabolique are all really solid characters and you get to know them in pretty interesting ways. And I also love that you like can't trust them either. There's, I think this film, and we'll talk about it a bit more, um, is so good at building tension and suspense. But part of that is the genius of just not knowing who you can trust and like always being a little uncertain of these characters. But so we're going to talk about Michel. Um, de La Salle, who is the principal of the school. He's married to, I, I don't remember her first name, Mad Madame de La Salle. Christina, that's her name. Mm, his wife. She, yeah, she owns the school. So he is like principal through marriage and it's like profitable. Anyway, like the school is a, is a big plot point and kind of reason for some of the motives. But I, the part that was so striking for me it was the dinner scene the way that he controls the boys and the staff and his wife he's just so menacing and terrible and you just hate him and then 
the way that he treats mm-hmm. Christina, especially his wife. And I love the way that it depicts. I'm not, I don't know, because it's French, so it doesn't, it's not part of the Hayes Code, but I think it's always a better choice to depict things off screen because I think it makes them more scary and more dangerous because your mind can envision a lot mm-hmm. worse things than sometimes what you can see. Sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes what is on screen is worse than what you could imagine. But I feel like that's something that The Godfather and Wait Until Dark really excel at as well is like when things you can't tell what's happening and you just hear sounds and you're just like oh it it just heightens the suspense so I don't love the off off screen assault but I just love the way that that was carried (laughs) yeah well yeah one of the things I was noticing a lot was just the character development and how well they do that and create this character that's just you want him to die Mm-hmm. like even at the very beginning the first thing he does he drives over the paper boat like he takes this innocent thing that the children have made and just drives over it without caring you know that he's hit nicole that she's wearing the sunglasses because he's hit her in the face mm-hmm. she has a black eye um even like the phone ringing like this is later but when miguel calls or michelle calls them at their vacation house or nicole's house the phone rings so aggressively. Like, mm. I was just like, I'm so afraid of this man. Like, everything he does is so aggressive and just, just not kind. And yes. He's yeah, it was really well, he's well created. Yes. Very power driven, um, very selfish. Uh, and then you get that contrasted with the character of Christina who in in a lot of ways where Michelle seems really strong and scary she seems really I don't know she is this really interesting interesting and dynamic character because she is physically pretty weak especially with her heart condition but she has like such strong moral convictions and she is like really smart and that comes out a lot through the film as well but she seems to be pretty innocent and like just such a victim in all of this but like is so caring and Very loving towards God the children fearing. yeah mm-hmm. her shrine of the saints and jesus and yeah and then we have nicole who's so interesting i think she might be my favorite character just because <laughs> she's so interesting because there's times that you're like because she's the mistress so automatically i think there's like some distrust and like uncomfortable feelings with that but then she is like has such an interesting relationship, especially the first time you watch it. It seems really genuine in a lot of ways with Christina. And it's kind of just seems like, oh, they're victims together and they are in this against Michelle. But then there's times that she's so aggressive against, like she's pushing Christina so much. And there's times that you're like, oh, can you trust her? Is this, is she everything that she sh- says she is? She se- seems shady, like... I just love her character. She's so interesting. I mean, it's such a strange alliance. Like you, I don't think of another like story where the mistress and the wife are like conspiring together. Well, and even like, one of you're the like, staff these members. people shouldn't be friends. Right. Even one of the staff members was at one point, he was like, oh, look, the wife is consoling the mistress. Like, that's really weird. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. It is. <laughs> I really, this is kind of jumping but i really just want to create a list of movies that deal with morbid pools there's the great gatsby there's sunset boulevard and now we have diabolique so if you have anything to add anybody to that list pools and death three films <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite as long as uh your bowling alley <laughs> list <laughs> or my um, that one kind of screeched to a halt <laughs> all bling sign movies but yes i love I don't know. I'm jumping over a lot of the like intense and scary moments because I just want to break those down a bit more. I love the scene where the policeman is talking and Nicole comes out of the door and then she like darts back in and is like so afraid of the police getting involved. It was so interesting to watch it again, remembering that she is in cahoots with Michelle because you can just like see the ways where it's tricky, where she like doesn't want, she where she's more nervous in certain areas because she's afraid of being found out rather than like she's afraid of like what's happened to the body she doesn't go to the hotel presumably because she's been seen there with michelle or she's the one who got the room like there's just all these ways of like oh this is like in the movie when you're watching it for the first time it's like oh, okay okay you don't pay attention to it but then when you know there's this extra layer 
of how her character could her hand could have been shown at a certain point if you're paying attention yeah I missed all those because I the whole time I was like I feel like you can't trust her but I don't remember why (laughs) so I it was almost like I was watching it for the first time again because I really the first time I watched it I think I watched half of it maybe on the plane you did because we finished it in the hotel uh uh-huh on your birthday or like the day before your birthday so I think my viewing experience was a little bit broken up too so um maybe it didn't stick as well because of that but yeah now I have to watch it again (laughs) lucky (laughs) I was watching someone just someone else's commentary and when they were like showing different scenes I was like oh this makes me want to watch it all over again it's so good but yes so the question of the title is really interesting too because in French, it's sh- like everything always has an article in front of it. So it should be, it's les diaboliques or like the devils. But for American audiences, it's just diabolique and singular. And we're going with that title specifically <laughs> for uh, theming purposes. But it presents a very interesting quandary of if there's just one devil versus many devils. Um, because if, mm. it, if it's just diabolique, that could be interpreted as just like diabolical, right? But if it's like more specifically of like a devil, obviously I think Michelle is pretty terrible. But Nicole is also this like hidden, mm-hmm. is she in some ways worse? Because Michelle is like a very known evil, but she's this like secretive, manipulative, hidden evil. And I wouldn't say that Christina is evil, but she does murder. Well, she doesn't, but like... Uh, possibly yeah. like attempts she's to murder. fighting her demons yeah. yeah with like should i be doing this or not so it is this interesting thing and i am with you i'm like michelle's the worst like please murder him <laughs> not really i'm not advocating for people to murder people but um <laughs> you're sympathetic to the cause <laughs> i think yes so it is this really interesting moral question that's going on as well one last thing is there's this motif of full versus empty is throughout the film of the empty bathtub and then it's full and then it has to get emptied again and and the upstairs neighbors are waiting and waiting for it to be emptied and then the pool is full but then they drain it and it's empty like and it was expected at least to have something in it but it's completely empty and so kind of this interesting motif or symbol of like the void and in a lot of ways I think like for these characters especially for Christina, like there's a void there. And like, I don't know, thinking of stuff with her heart. I haven't really fleshed this out in my mind, but it's like something, there's something really interesting happening there. I don't know if you have any thoughts. It's like, I don't have anything like super philosophical to say about it. So it's fine if you don't, but. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't think about that. Yeah, I I, I was just like a cool thing that I kept noticing that I was like, I gotta think more about that. But so I don't know, any (laughs) listeners, if you have anything that strikes your fancy reach out to us let us know i was gonna move into some more technical things that i loved before talking about suspense so if there's anything that you'd like to talk about that doesn't really fit into those categories feel free to do so one thing talking about the opening you were talking about just the music that it opens with is so unsettling i guess it's a children's choir or it sounds like a children's choir um it's the only music in the whole film i think you're right yeah and it just really Maybe that's kind of a technical aspect. I don't know. but No, yeah. No, uh, for sure. It is something that's so interesting because I feel like horror films rely so much on sound for mm-hmm. setting the tone and creating tension and adding jump scares. And so like the fact that it doesn't rely on that is really cool in some ways. And also I think it really adds to the weight of the situation where it makes it feel a little bit more real. Because sometimes I think can really elevate a scene but it also can sometimes like take you out we're like thinking about the music more than thinking about what's happening in the scene yeah it's just interesting like because I thought I was reading a lot of stuff that compared it to Psycho because it was the Mm -hmm. same era Alfred Hitchcock wanted to do this one so like the music in Psycho is so essential and so iconic and so just the difference between those two is interesting it is interesting I feel like uh is it Cuso and Hitchcock are contemporaries of each other for sure but I think they like admired each other's work and Hitchcock Mm -hmm. interestingly wasn't a huge believer in the use of score like the birds doesn't have 
any scoring to it. And Psycho wasn't supposed to have scoring until he heard Bernard Herrmann's violence and was like, ah, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> it is super interesting where the like the masters of suspense and master of tension, where I think music really lends itself well to building that, but like the master of suspense himself didn't necessarily use it or maybe thought of it more as a crutch i don't know so some of the technical things i loved it was just so many really interesting things that were happening with the camera especially with like the framing and positioning the first meeting with michelle and there's like a lot of window tracking where i think you're on the outside and you like see him pass and you like the camera would like track but on the outside yeah there's a lot of window motifs like we're always outside looking in there's or like panning in between each that was something that just kept coming and I think it really just emphasizes this like you don't really know what's going on and like there are secrets and you're not seeing the full story that's going on but it was oh it was just delicious it was so cool there's Uh, one shot that the ladies are walking down the stairs and yeah you're like outside looking through the window and then it like follows them and then they're outside with us like I just thought that was beautifully done yes so so cool and I think there's a tracking shot later when she's coming into the hotel and I was I watched I like went back to watch it again because I was like how did they film that it like comes you come through the window like you're going backwards through the window as you follow her going through the door that's next to it and I was like what the like they were zooming in I don't know yes I I remember you yeah so so cool there was a mirror shot when michelle comes to the vacation home that made me so happy (laughs) i wrote that down for you (laughs) uh i also loved when the basket was going down the stairs and it transitioned to all the boys going down the stairs like that was just such a cool Mm -hmm. transition between scenes there's Mm -hmm. also the costuming was really interesting where christina's clothes were all really light and nicole's were all really dark and so kind of you can see some of the hidden parallel or hidden messages of like who you can trust and who maybe seems a little bit more suspicious. The One of my other favorite framings was in the foreground, they're burning his return ticket while he's like sleeping in the background. I just loved the way that that was shot up. It felt so modern. It was just, oh, so, so good. I love it. Such amazing technical camera work on this. Okay. So then obviously we've talked about it. It's hard not to with this film with Hitchcock. And there's like the famous story that you probably know that some might know. Hitchcock wanted to make this film and lost out on the rights like within a mere hours. (laughs) So this film is obviously very suspenseful and I think draws on like some Hitchcock principles, also influences Hitchcock in a lot of ways, I think. But um, it's definitely in that era. So, so much really impressive tension building and creation of suspense so I just kind of wanted to talk about some of those and our favorite spooky parts of course uh, we talked about this the whole question of trust throughout um who can you trust the pacing was so interesting it like took its time getting place to place especially Christina when she's sneaking out and you know that they're meeting up for the vacation home but you don't like really know it hasn't been explained that they're going to murder him but that's the plan in the middle of the night when she's like sneaking out and you're just on edge because you don't want him to wake up and you don't like, but they just take their time and like letting that tension slowly build. And it just makes you so uncomfortable. You just want it to be over with. The wine drinking scene is also so, so good when he comes to the vacation home and she's going to give him the drink and you're just uh, like on edge like is she going to get him the drink is she not and then like who is he really because I think we as an audience know that he's a scumbag but like he's trying he's like starting to manipulate her and you can kind of see like why she's still in the relationship or like how she's managed to last for so long is that he is like manipulative and a bit of a charmer and like but then in the end she gets him to to drink and it's like so crazy it's interesting to think of it like he's playing with her because he knows the plan he knows Mm -hmm. that she wants him to drink it and so i don't know i didn't realize that i didn't think about it like that until now either yeah yeah it'd be fun to watch again and watch it from his perspective knowing that he knows everything yeah and like that he intends to drink the drink at some point but needs to make it seem like it's her idea and her doing it so she has this the stress and the guilt Ooh, it's so tricky <laughs> and then <laughs> the neighbors <laughs> they're so great <laughs> 
<laughs> when he's like, she's interfering with my entertainment. And then when he's writing down the times and stuff and you're just like, somehow it's going to get traced back and they're going to get found out. And it's this really interesting thing where you're like, why do I want them to get away with this? You know, but you don't like, you don't want mm-hmm. them to find out. And the dripping faucet is so continues to add this tension. And then they go on a bit of a journey where it just seems like everything is ah with the basket and the neighbors coming to help and the basket lid opening <laughs> and <laughs> the random drunkard guy that <laughs> tries to jump in their car. <laughs> and she's freaking out. Yeah. Um, I wrote down, I don't know why, it, he was reminding me of Robert De Niro, like a young Robert De Niro. Like ta- not <laughs> Just like driver, rambling around. Or- but like Cape Fear, is that what is it? Yeah, just a just little like, bit unhinged. And- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. The bathroom light. I wrote that down. I don't remember. Oh, I think when they're coming home and someone turns on the light in the bathroom and they don't want to be oh, seen yep. coming home. Yeah. Or also, putting him in the pool. Yes, putting him in the pool. And then when the guy is just like, whenever anyone is near the pool, it's just like so stressful. Oh my gosh. When she makes <laughs> the kid dive in, I want, even though I know that his body's not in there and it's not decaying, but just if you're like... <laughs> The first time I was watching it, I was like, if he, if his body's in there and it is starting to decay and this child jumps into this pool, I was just like, I mean, there's chlorine and stuff. I'm sure it'd be fine. But for some reason it like, oh, it makes me so ill. (laughs) And then, oh, it's just so well done as if the stress of trying to hide the murder, which is brilliantly thought up by the way, like, of course, it's all, it's a scheme between three people in some ways, but just the whole, like, their alibi is so good, and burning his return ticket, and there's just, if it was truly they were trying to kill him, like, it was pretty airtight in a lot of ways, but obviously it was all a ruse. So I feel like there's that first half, or that first part of tension, and then it suddenly switches and becomes, where is the body, and what has happened to the body, and everything with, like, there's no body in the pool. And then his suit has come back and who sent his suit and who had it cleaned. And you, it just becomes so eerie because it either is someone knows and is trying to like blackmail or scare them or like he's still alive somehow or that he's like come back from the dead somehow that he's like a ghost. A pro- you know, like those are kind of the places that my mind- He's haunting her. Yeah. Yeah go to and it was just so funny because the first time I watched or when I was watching it again and he was like very adamant being in the vacation home or somewhere and he's like my prince of wales suit I was like what a weird sentence but then it like becomes such a thing that like this very specific suit is following throughout then poor monsieur Moinet, <laughs> the other staff like always cracked me up I feel like they were some great comedic relief <laughs> they this. are they are funny but when he breaks the window and he says like I saw the principal oh my gosh it's it just is so so eerie. It's so spooky. Also, the whole part about the body. There's like a naked body in the Seine or whatever river, and then mm. you think like, okay, this is this is where the body is, and then it like she even goes to the morgue, and it's like it's not the body. It's not him. Where is he? Like it just everything keeps building and building. She goes to the hotel room, and it's like, oh, but he's never here. We've never seen him. But we got this hotel room and the picture. It's so, so scary. It's so creepy. Oh, that's so scary. <laughs> I hate it. It's, yeah, the whole setup and then the magnifying glass and like he's in the window and oh, it's so terrifying. That's one of my worst fears is like seeing in a picture something that wasn't there or like wasn't, wasn't supposed to be there. Yeah. Seeing in the mirror something that's not there or just like so scary. Oh, it's awful. So unsettling. And then of course... I haven't even had a chance to really talk about the hero of the day, which is uh, Commissioner Fisher. Yeah, he is like just such a gem. I love him. But mm-hmm. the evening when it's all dark and she hears is it the, like something wakes her up and then you hear footsteps and you see like a hand. Oh, it's just that whole last bit is so well done. It's so scary. There's so like intense. these yeah. long shots of these dark, long hallways that are just so ominous. And yes, there's no music. And so you are just like straining to hear any little sound. And then, of course, this amazing uh, setup that The Shining is inspired by with the typewriter. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So, I so did good. Write down Shining. Vibe. But yes, 
when he comes out of the bathtub, I remember the first time that I watched it, I really was like, oh my gosh, what? <laughs> like, no way, no way, no way. I was nope, so, nope. <laughs> I was so happy you hadn't finished it and I could watch that part with you. <laughs> it's so delightful. I don't oh. even remember what my reaction was. <laughs> you so were, scary. you were pretty stressed. <laughs> It's it is so scary. It's very shocking. But yeah, and then such a good ending. I can oof, I love it because you're so mad. She dies and you're just like, "Oh my gosh." And then Nicole comes out and you're like, oh, "What?" I was watching it with Catherine and at that moment she said, "I hate this movie." <laughs> <laughs> so you're just like shocked and so upset and then hero of the day, the commissioner steps out of the shadows and gets him arrested. So it feels like, okay, so sad that she Christina has died and like experienced this trauma, but justice is still metered out. And then the ending where Monsieur Moinet once again says like, I saw her. I, he has like a slingshot, I think. And they're like, where did you get that? And he's like, Madame de la Salle gave it to me. Go to the corner. <laughs> like, you know that that's foolish nonsense. But he's like, I saw her. I know I saw her, which is exactly what he said about the principal. And that turned out to be true. So what does that mean? What is this? the question of the mm, ending? Is she really dead? Is she a ghost? Some people have taken it to mean like she knew about the ruse and so faked her own death and like the commissioner is talking about giving her a sedative so was it all a setup for a setup is she really dead i kind of like to think she did die and she's like still there is like a super she's a ghost she's haunting the yeah but haunting her school i don't know any interpretation is like oh so so good wow it's just such a masterpiece Mm -hmm. i love it did we pass over any scares or any suspension tension building in the hotel, there is a really great jump scare when the closet door opens and it's the janitor. <laughs> it got me so bad. I also love when they like inspector is looking in the closet and she's like describing the suit. He's like, yep, it's not here. And then like the door goes and you can see it behind him and you're like, ooh, dip. <laughs> <laughs> don't turn around. Oh, so, so good. I know, like, you don't want him to figure things out, but then he turns out to be such a friend. He turned out to be on our side. There's, like, shadow on the wall, maybe, if it's a hand or something, but that gave me Nosferatu vibes. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, oh, the way that the inspector's like, wait, I figure it out, like, I'll be right back, or something. I don't remember what he says, but, like, you're like, what is it? What has he figured out? And then he's gone. And you think all hope is lost, but it all worked out. He was oh. he was doing his job. <laughs> In the best way. Oh my gosh. So, so good. When she, well, I did write, like, the anticipation of a stressful event is almost worse than the actual thing. Like, this is demonstrated. And you feel that, like, just the buildup leading to... The stressful thing is just the worst, but she <laughs> is feeling it in at Nicole's house. She is stressing so much. And like when she's stress eating the baguette, it's just so um, relatable. Yes. I also had to remark that sedative hits so fast. So like if that had happened in like, obviously, well, was he sedated? Was it a real sedative? I yeah. doubt. I don't think so because he like. Because Nicole gave it. N- Nicole supplied it. Yeah. Yes. Like when that was something I paid attention to. She's the one who like pours the drink and like is the Mm -hmm. one who has everything. Mm -hmm. But it was also so interesting. She's the one that does everything in the bathroom. She's like, you go and get this thing. And we like leave with Christina. And so you don't know what's happening in the bathroom. Like, does he come up for some air, you know? And then like she covers him (laughs) and like places everything. Like Christina doesn't do anything at all. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Continue. Um, but yeah, if someone was trying to dupe me, I'd be like, uh, that hit a little bit too fast. I don't believe that you're actually asleep. So we don't have to worry um, about uh, people plotting against you. Like you'll see through their, their ruse. I'll it's... see through if they take an oral sedative and it hits in two minutes. <laughs> Michelle's downfall. Um, <laughs> just wait thing. a little bit. Oh my, I thought it was so cute when he yawned. I don't know why. Like he was getting so tired and he was like, but he just goes, I don't remember, but I just remember why she's so cute when he's yawning. That was like, they kind of, I mean, you can see he's like manipulating, but you like feel bad for him 
in a moment that they're gonna kill him like we don't do it like yeah yeah like he's still i don't know he's still a human being. I, yeah. that's why i can never kill someone mm-hmm. yeah that's that's a relief to hear <laughs> he's so cute when he's dying save his life <laughs> i also the way they're like oh she has agoraphobia that's why she passed out when she saw the wide open space of the pool like i don't think that's how agoraphobia works right <laughs> I'm pretty sure agoraphobia is like um, fear of crowded places, not wide empty spaces. Or fear of just like being out and about, like fear of not being in your house. Right. Like maybe wide open spaces, but not like a, a hole in the ground. Like that's not good, what's going to trigger it. Yeah. Um. I also just love Nicole at the end. She's like, I got scared more than four times. <laughs> It's very so specific. Me too, Nicole. This movie (laughs) made me scared more than four times. (laughs) All right, we're gonna throw it over to the Capo regimes. Which tisk tisk. I know more of you watched this and did not send in a review, so I call you out personally by name. No, not really. We're gonna release you from the Capo regimes. (gasps) No, we can't. (laughs) We have so few. <laughs> we can't um, be Vegas can't be too soon. <laughs> exactly. No, it's all right. I know the month of August was a bit hectic and crazy for many, but I do just want to say that I did get a message from Kim saying that she really, really enjoyed it. So send in your reviews. We love to read them. Shame if you didn't do it, but not too much shame. All right, so. <laughs> Favorite characters, we had renters in the country, especially the husband playing the game show, Monsieur Monet, who gets punished for telling the truth, the inspector, and yeah, to another vote for the police investigator and the little boy who saw the dead headmaster. Your favorite character? (laughs) Your favorite character was Michelle? Okay. Odd choice, Lauren. (laughs) He is so cute when he he (laughs) yawns. No, I I think I also really like the police investigator. I really like the mustachioed teacher staff member. Oh. Like, uh-huh. his, his commentary always just cracked me up. And I think one of them, like, always wanted to drink a very specific wine, and Michelle would, like, deny it. I don't know. Just the staff, like, really amused me. He amuses me, too. Well, but I, oh, I do have to say, can't... Nicole, like... Such a despicable character, but love her. Okay, go ahead. She's also so classy, like with her sunglasses on and her cute, like short hair. And mm-hmm. she's just she, like, she's got a sense of style. She's a really interesting foil, I think, to Christina because Christina, like, really mm-hmm. is so vulnerable and like pretty genuine and kind of wears her heart on her sleeve. And she, uh, Nicole is so much more hidden and discreet and like really emotionless. A lot of the time. Favorite scenes included asking people not to tell others about the movie, discovering the typewriter, so much tension and buildup, and then when the police investigator caught Michelle and Nicole and then it was over. Did you have favorite scenes? I mentioned when she's eating the baguette. (laughs) She's so stressed (laughs) out. And just like that relatability of being like, like just not being able to handle the tension even before the thing actually happens. Yeah. The picture taking the picture and like looking at it is so so creepy so but then scary. also the moment the bathtub scene is so good and reminds me I think I forgot to uh mention just how many references I think like the influence it had on other films of like Psycho to a degree and what lies beneath have you ever did you ever see that no but I think you essentially told me the whole plot yeah I think so <laughs> but that is a like a bit of a felt family classic I don't know I think when I was little everyone was like what lies beneath is so so good and then when I watched it I was like that was scary but I don't know if it's like a cult classic like we've been treating it as such but (laughs) my thematic question was how successful was director Clouseau in building tension in what ways did you see this inform other suspenseful films such as those by Hitchcock silence rather than foreboding or dramatic music the glimpse of poison and talk of murder from the start evil overbearing tyrant with no redeeming qualities shot in gritty black and white implied off-screen action powerfully all combined to build tension and anxiety through the action that follows there is little if any respite from the get-go 
Apparently, Hitchcock wanted to purchase the rights, but beat him by a few hours, according to Wikipedia, the authoritative source of all truth. <laughs> IMDb said the same thing, so. Yeah. But maybe that was because of Wikipedia. <laughs> Very sex- successful to me. It was believable, and I felt invested in the characters. I can definitely see Hitchcock pacing his movies so that the tension builds. 10 out of 10 for building tension. I usually avoid suspenseful movies, so I couldn't say how it informs other films, but it did feel similar to the Hitchcock films. Although some of Hitchcock's at least have some lighter scenes that aren't as stressful, which I appreciate. I do. I wanted to mention one of my notes was as I watched it with my mom. And I, the part that she was stressing the most was when they were trying to get him, get his body in the pool and like the light turned on and it was like too heavy. And she was just like, they got to get him. She's like physically trying to help them. <laughs> like she's going to get up and leave or something. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, I think it's it's striking because it feels like a pretty unknown film, especially if you're like not really, I really only heard of this because of my film classes and my deep dives into spooky movies. But it, I feel like it's a very influential film for many directors moving forward. So um, I think I decided I wanted to watch it because... Wes Anderson put it on his list of films that he wanted his actors to watch before they filmed the French. Wait, what was French Dispatch? Film? Yeah, which I don't know why. Hmm. <laughs> like the French Dispatch wasn't sus- suspenseful at all. Maybe just like the feel of the school and mm. I don't know, but that's why. And I knew that you would really like this. So I was like, okay, I'll watch it. But yeah, I don't think I was prepared for how intense <laughs> it was. So good. Okay, favorite aspects of the film. Having no music or score was so effective in creating tension. This somehow gave me a feeling of being there watching it happen and not needing to be told when scary things are going to happen. Maybe like watching a play, if not actually present. This allowed the ambient noises to always be front and center. Also, cinematography and camera angles, measured pace directing that built tension, and the multiple twists. But I sort of guess at one of the main twists early on, but later even second guess that. Um, and acting, and the music was scary. Maybe she means the beginning. Mm-hmm. The very beginning. And the cinematography made it feel spooky. Listener takeaway you gained from watching this film. Stay far away from people who have no compassion or kindness. Do not send your kids to boarding school, especially in France, but anywhere, really. <laughs> People, uh, act... Unless it's Hogwarts. <laughs> People act irrationally or desperately when they feel they are trapped. Ooh, I like that one. And don't go in cahoots with your husband's mistress to murder your husband. Very specific life advice there. <laughs> <laughs> I was planning on that. <laughs> All right. I think it's okay. person's from George, if you want to oh, take yeah, it. Oh, yeah, I'll read the, the first one. This spellbinding page turner is a pip of a murder thriller, ghost story, and character play. Um, that's from the New York Times, but I couldn't have said it better. Attention to detail is superb. I don't say more here because I've said a lot in previous sections, but I thoroughly enjoyed watching. It doesn't feel dated, especially because that type of truck is still prevalent in France. Is it a must-see for horror thrill- thriller film aficionados? Definitely. However, I do have some questions. I just wanted to interrupt it and say you should have read it as definitely. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Oh, I hope that was a reference, George. (laughs) I do have some questions. One, why was the investigation at night? Two, yes, Michelle was evil, but did he deserve to die? I guess that's answered, but maybe the question has stronger meaning at the end of the film. Three, what did Christina and Nicole see in Michelle in the first place that was so attractive when he was such a horrible brute? I think you kind of talked about that when he is laying on the charm at Nicole's house. You do kind of be like, oh, wait, he's like kind of nice and he's very attractive. But yeah, mean guys kind of know sometimes how to how to put on the charm. And and I think he's a very powerful man and a commanding man. And sometimes that is attractive or terrifying, like a little bit of both. And so... Also, maybe he's, he's got that riz. <laughs> <laughs> maybe he's become worse over the years as well. Um, well, I thought we were going to answer the, the other questions and the investigation at oh. night. That could lend itself to like, is it a setup for a setup? Or is it just, I don't know. 
the inspectors. Oh, like why did the inspectors show up while she was sleeping and be like, I have some ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I think inspiration struck him and he's like, I gotta go. I gotta go tell her. <laughs> or yeah, he could sense that time was of the essence. And mm-hmm. like maybe he suspected that something was going to go down. And so he wanted to get there and try and prevent it. Yeah, be near. Or yeah, he was in cahoots with her and it was all a plan. Was he evil and deserved to die? I feel like we kind of touched on that too. Mm-hmm. All right, the next one is from Catherine. <laughs> Ooh, this is about as spooky as I can get. Overall, I feel like it was a very well done movie. Lots of tension that built slowly, good acting, etc. I was so mad when the mistress came out at the end and was revealed to be in cahoots with the principal. That's how I'm going to refer to them because I don't know their names. I didn't fully trust the mist- the mistress, but I didn't think she would be playing the wife or a fool the whole time. The principal was such an awful man. It was fascinating to me that I was rooting for the women to kill him. A theme that stood out to me seemed to be a parallel between lies and truth versus adults and children. At the end of the movie, the boy who keeps claiming to see the principal and then later his wife is told off multiple times for being a liar and is punished for telling lies. We know, however, that the boy did see the principal and the slingshot evidence in the room corroborates his story. Both the principal and his mistress tell the wife off for being childlike and childish, scolding her for not being more of an adult. She ends up being the sympathetic figure in this movie, perhaps naive and innocent like children, but more truthful in the end than the deceptive adults around her. Mad props to the inspector. Here's the hero of the show. (laughs) (laughs) Really interesting. Yeah, take. I really like that too. I feel like that is something that we didn't really touch upon is there are so there's so much more involving the the boys than I remember. Every time I watch it, I'm like, oh, there's this whole scene devoted to them. And it kind of fades to the background. But I do like that parallel that she's drawn out. Okay, this one's from Jill. I don't really like suspenseful movies, but I actually did okay with this one until the very end. And then I was done. And I had a <laughs> sneaky feeling that he wasn't dead. But the fake eyes thing really had me down in my instincts. I can't understand how murder would be less sinful than divorce. <laughs> but I also kind of thought he would be better off dead. It was a good movie to keep you guessing and wondering what the heck was going on, and the use of music and mirrors and the camera shots made it extra scary and creepy. If I had a weak heart, I probably would have died right along with Christina. Sorry for the spoilers. <laughs> I just wish Christina could have pulled off a fake heart attack and then been an amazing gotcha at the end and lived happily ever after. So sad. Well, maybe she did. Maybe she did. It's up to the viewer. Ooh, so good. Love, love, love. <laughs> oh it's so funny i think with that it is time it's time to leave the gun take the cannoli what program would be most upsetting if it was interrupted by noise by faucets and water in the pipes shark tank (laughs) good answer that's the only thing i ever watch i know (laughs) and i don't even watch it (laughs) only on on special occasions oh who would you like to kill oh my gosh (laughs) can't announce that on the air (laughs) like this is live i just think it's interesting that christina had like a boarding school like that was her dream what kind of building would you want to be the the owner and proprietor that some man would come in to try and steal from you I have a great answer for this, actually. And I think you know in your heart of hearts what it is. My bar. Oh, yes. (laughs) That man's coming in to steal your bar. (laughs) It's very profitable. (laughs) Uh, This is a really good question. What kind of picture would you photobomb? (laughs) (laughs) Like at Disneyland? When people are, oh, a proposal photo? (laughs) so mean <laughs> because now that's me this thing is kind of silly too it's not i mean if people love disneyland then sure you could get you could propose there but then i'll be in the background like this <laughs> throwing up the deuces <laughs> what is your ailment that would make you um that they would use against you to feel your money i think the most obvious would be any sort of medical discussion 
but send me. You could just flat out die. <laughs> oh. And uh, this is a bit more of a fun fact question, but how long can you hold your breath underwater if you had to fake your own death? I feel like if I'm prepped for it and I'm like taking the deep breaths beforehand, I could probably go for. I mean, I don't really have a time frame. <laughs> you seem little, so confident. While. You're like, I know exactly <laughs> what time. Well, I was going to say two minutes, but that seems crazy. I actually feel like that's not that crazy. Maybe a minute and a half. I bet I could do 90 seconds for sure. Let's, let's, my phone's, what just happened? To me? Let's try right now. <laughs> Ready? Hold your breath. Okay. What, how long <laughs> and the average? I feel like. The record is like 10 minutes. Most people can hold their breath comfortably for about one to two minutes. I think you're selling yourself short. I think you could go longer. One time my dad, he was really into like deep breathing. Like some YouTube guy taught him like if you just lay on the floor and just breathe. Like I can't remember. There's like a pattern to it. Like you take 10 really deep breaths and then 10 really short breaths. And then you like hold it for as long as you can or something. But then we like all laid on the ground and we're trying it. And I was doing so good holding my breath. But then Jasper came over and he was like sniffing my face like, what's going on? Why are you all laying on the ground? Like you're good and not breathing. So I, my experiment was ruined by Jasper. So traumatic for him. He's like coming over to do CPR. <laughs> what kind of drink would, would they use to tempt you to drink a sedative? Ooh. Right now, Orangina, because I'm obsessed. Get it at the Aww. store. I just buy little bottles. The other day, I was like, I don't feel so good. And I was like, I should probably drink some water. And I was like, I have Orange Gina, or Orange Gina, Orange Gina in the fridge. <laughs> and did you feel better? I felt so good. <laughs> it's so, I love it. It's just pulpy orange juice, but with a little bit of sparkling water the best it's so good okay so here are our cannoli questions from our capo regimes what game show would you or veto feel confident appearing on so there's kind of what would you what would i and what would veto i'd like to say jeopardy but i know i'm not smart enough or well-rounded enough i feel like i could do wipeout oh my gosh amazing <laughs> wow I sometimes when I was a kid I would watch I'd be like this stuff is easy like it's I mean it's not easy but it's not like American Ninja Warrior where you like have to have the grip strength or mm-hmm. upper body strength it's just like dodging stuff yeah. and swimming and getting through the mud and stuff so. right oh my gosh that's so funny I think Amazing Race would be fun I don't know if that's that's really a game show though um kind of is oh let's just go with prices right but Bob Barker only as my host. <laughs> Go back in time. Yeah. I feel like I would like to say Lingo because that's a deep cut reference to my childhood of a game show that I loved. But it's very like word and I hate Wordle. I've decided <laughs> now that I play connections in the you mini, are- I'm like, I never do Wordle anymore. It just makes me irritated. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, that's a, I don't, I stopped doing Wordle, but then. You got me hooked on Connections, and now I do Wordle every day again. I discovered Connections because of Rachel Bond, and then, like, so many people in my life, like you and Andrea and many of my family members, like, we all play Connections on the daily, and I'm like, it all stems from Rachel. I need to tell her of her legacy. Okay, Veto. Well, this is interesting, because do we go by, like, what, 1940s game shows there are? Because I think those are just, like, kind of goofy ones or do we put him into the future and say what would he do well on kind of feel like he's a wheel of fortune man the gambling yeah i don't know why i just want him to buy fowls (laughs) (laughs) who's the is it pat sajak is that who the i'm like to solve it (laughs) (laughs) have you seen the video of snoop dogg on wheel of fortune just answering them completely wrong like Half the letters are there, and he just says a couple. I'll have to send it to you. It's so funny, but that's what I imagine Vito doing as well. Please, I love that. Okay, you are cast in this film. Which character do you want to be? Can be man or woman? Mm. 
I wanna be the kid. <laughs> Miss Yomane. No, I mean, I'm so intrigued by Nicole. How do I not pick her? I think it would be fun to be, that would be interesting because you're like trying to, try. I don't know, the roles where it's like, you know something, but you're trying to portray it in a way that the audience won't know unless they go back and watch it again. Like, that's such a difficult role. Mm-hmm. All about those motivations. Who is better at acting out a heart attack, Christina or Vito? Christina's pretty good at it. Rest in peace. Peter. Except I feel like Christina's is more dramatic and, like, less realistic. Mm. I don't know. I feel like she was portraying more of like what would happen if you had a stroke, like an like an instant brain bleed that just suddenly you were brain dead. Like a heart attack is a little more. I feel like Vito was a little more realistic for a heart attack. Um, I'm just gonna leave all those medical questions for your expertise. <laughs> what would make you more scared? Waking up with a dead horse head in your bed, or having your dead husband ride us out of the bathtub? Dead husband coming out of the bathtub, I don't think that's matchable. Pretty scary. I mean, I agree if he's, like, actually dead. Because if he's not, then it's not as scary. I just think about having to clean up all that blood. Oh, it's be so But terrible. she thought he was dead, so it was scary for him. But yes, I agree. Like, in the moment. I think that's what I'm saying is, like, my brain goes to what is the worst aftermath. So if he's truly dead, if my husband is truly dead and he's rising up, that's an, an aftermath I don't know how to deal with. So that would be worse. If he's alive and I just think he's dead, but then I find out he's alive, that's like a doable ending. But having to clean up the blood from the horse head, I think I'm going to go with the dead husband, like as you're saying, but it's just like, oh my gosh, that would be so, so terrible. Ugh. And you would just have tra- sleeping trauma for for a while yeah but i feel like that happens sometimes <laughs> not 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 with the horse head <laughs> i have woken up and been like oh shoot <laughs> 4 a.m like guess i'm washing my sheets i mean yeah same but like that is minimal compared to that's true an the entire soaked golden sheets of Rip cartoon. (laughs) And we have people who are figuring out the overarching theme. So well done them. Some people I've given like a little bit more nudging to IRL, but um, so I'll just say again, the hint that seems to be helping people is just make a list of the films and let inspiration strike you. Yeah. Diabolique. Great spooky film. Are you going to choose another spooky one for October? Um, Maybe. Thanks for watching, and we hope you got scared at least four times. <laughs> that was Film Club. You hear Baby us. first podcast uh, from Paris. <laughs> you interrupted my opening line. <laughs> Sorry. Try again. <laughs> <laughs>